Yeah, this is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city of Houston, Texas standing behind us. Alright guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am Young Ari Gold and I am your host and I am joined as usual by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, how was the cruise? It was good. It yeah. was a lot of fun. I I recommend taking them if you can. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh you know, almost as much fun as that Jordan Reed interview that we just had that that's gone. That's gone. It's just disappeared. Yeah. So y'all never get to know how much fun we just had. It was probably the best podcast ever. And now it's just gone. Yeah, I know. It was really good and it just disappeared. It's great. You gotta love um gotta love modern technology. <laughs> it's just fantastic. So You know, I thought we were getting a hang of this and you know, something like that happens. You know, what can you do about computer errors, I guess, John? I mean, oh, so frustrating. Cry, cry in a corner. Cry. That's bad how I feel right now. I'm going to go find a corner, just curl up in a little ball, and I'm going to cry there for a second. Yep. Crawl. And then I'll come back, and we'll, we'll get back into this. <sighs> Anyways, I guess we'll move on. So lots of stuff going on, John. Lots of things going on right now. Um I guess we got to start with the biggest news. So, Jadavian Clowney was tagged. He was tagged with the exclusive franchise tag. Basically meaning he is allowed to go get offers. Texans have the ability to match those offers. And if a team basically outbids the Texans or puts out an offer that the Texans are unwilling to match, the Texans will get two first-round picks. Yeah, so essentially if a team wants to pay Clowney more than the franchise tag rate, then the Texans will get two first-round picks. So, I mean, realm of possibility, but I don't see it happening. And if it does happen, I'm actually more – I'm willing to bet the gain is more likely to – to even match that, like we're not gonna we're not gonna let him walk even for first two first round picks. Have has it ever happened? I can't recall one time it's ever happened. It hasn't because it's such a steep penalty. First off, you got to pay the guy more than more than the franchise tag, and then you lose two two picks. I mean, that's a pretty pretty steep penalty, and I just I cannot see it happening. You know, so I was I don't listen to uh, ESPN ninety seven five ever. Um, but I just realized that Charlie Palillo is actually a host on 97.5, and when I moved to Houston on 790, he was their main, he was like their anchor, and I loved Charlie Palillo. And so I, I just happened to tune in on the day that the tag was given, and he had this pretty crazy idea that I think is somewhat feasible. If you're the Colts and you're sitting on $120 million dollars, and you can sign Clowney long-term and keep him away from your division rivals, would you do it? 
Yeah, that would be a way to really fuck over the Texans. If they did that, I mean... I mean, think about it, though, right? Like, 26-year-old Clowney, instant best player on their defense, would likely play one position. Would he, would be pair, really, he would pair very well with Darius Leonard. He would pair yeah. very, very well with Darius Leonard and Marcus Hunt. And he, he would be really, really good on that team. He's 26. You would get him for the entirety of his contract. You have the money. Uh-huh. Your your quarterback is 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 paid. You have your entire line is almost on rookie deals. And basically, what you pay Clowney is a drop in the bucket to what you have. I mean, that's a pretty scary thought. It's I don't see it happening. I don't either. But it's a pretty scary thought, and it's one of those things that even if the Colts went out there and made an offer, they could kind of poison pill the Texans into spending more on Clowney. Because I, I honestly think the whole thing behind this is for Brian Gain is saying, hey, you go find out what your value is. Because they've offered him a couple of long-term contracts, and he continues to turn them down. And I think this is kind of – it's not necessarily a bad – it's, a, it's kind of like a good faith way. Hey, we're going to put the non-exclusive on you. You can go negotiate. You can go out there and you can kind of see what your value is. If your value is more than what we're offering, then they'll probably match it. If the value is about what they're offering, then he'll probably just sign with the Texans. And that way they can – I think it's just they're, they're trying to do a good faith way of letting him go out there and discover his own value so they can get this over with because I think they're tired of trying to negotiate with them and him not signing. Yeah, they're tired of negotiating with Bus Cook. Yeah. Who's one of the best agents in the league. I mean, he negotiated Brett Favre's deal. Like, he, he's a he's a freaking veteran. Um, yeah, I think, I think what you're saying is right. I think that they're saying, hey, go see what you're worth out there in the open market. Bring us back your highest offer. And we will try to match it, and if we can't, then we'll let them sign you, and we'll take their two first-round picks. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter what the offer is. The Texans can match anything if they truly want to. Right. And, I mean, honestly, there's almost no reason not to. If they, Even if a team does offer him something crazy, the way the salary cap has been going up every single year, the way that it's about to go up again with the guys that got to sign this summer anyways, like, yeah, there's just I'm, – I'm, I don't think you're supposed to say this term anymore, but people are getting their panties in a bunch over pretty much absolutely nothing with Clowney. It's just do you want him or do you not? There's no value that he can sign for that will truly hurt the Texans. Like, there's just not. I mean, Clowney's going to be a Texan. Like, there's just no way he's not. Um, and I, I think this is just not a big deal, to be honest with you. He's going to sign a long-term deal before July 15th, I think. Either that or Clowney bets on himself again and says, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try to have the best year I can and see what the market has for me next year. That's a possibility. But either way, Clowney's going to play this year. He's not going to sit out the whole year. You don't have to worry about a Le'Veon Bell situation. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, the only thing I'm worried about is him missing all those practices. But we've also joked around year after year, can we just put him in bubble wrap because we don't want him to get hurt during practice? Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, it sucks 
that we couldn't work out a long-term deal now, but I, I still am optimistic that we will we will work out a long-term deal by the deadline of July 15th. Um, all right, on to other news. Kareem Jackson's gone, bro. You think? Have you? Did you see his 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 Instagram? I didn't see it. What did you I see? I've been I've been out of country for. Oh, so you didn't see his comment? No, I didn't see it. Oh yeah, yeah. So he he commented on a guy. Somebody commented on a post and said, you know, hope, he tagged him and said, I hope this isn't true. You know, I'd love for you to be here. And Kareem commented back saying. It's 99% chance that I'll be playing in different colors next year. It is what it is. Oh, no. For real? Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah, so Kareem's gone. You just, you really could. And then he also, and then he also, like, hit up, uh, what's his name, Visionary Prod or whatever the guy that does all the highlight videos. He uh, hit him up in his DMs and told him that he was leaving. So that's that that kind of breaks my heart to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah. So he said, I mean, the guy, the visionary prod messaged him, good luck. And he said, thanks, my guy. I got to do a farewell highlight from the season. That was Kareem's response. I completely missed that. Um, well, shit. I saw that we are going, it seems like we are going after, after the honey badger. Yeah. But. Well, shit. Yeah, sorry. To I know. mean, Brian Gain, the scouting department, Bill O'Brien and all them, they do know more about football than we do. Yeah. But there are times where you just scratch your head. And, like, nothing against Honey Batcher. It's like I'm not going to be devastated if he comes back to the team. Like, it's nothing like that. Um. I just would have rather had Kareem, to tell you the truth. I really would have. Yeah, I would have rather had Kareem, too. And, I mean, everybody knows my thoughts on Honey Badger. I, I just think he's a loud personality. I, maybe his play at safety full-time will be completely different, but um, Kareem was a better fit for this defense. Um, and on top of that, we only got to see a year of what Kareem really could be at safety. Uh, this resem- In my opinion, this is going to be very Glover Quinn-esque. We're going to see him leave. We're going to watch him make Pro Bowls at safety. We're going to watch him be really good. And we're going to look back and be like, wow. Like, we First of all, we drafted this guy. We invested nine years of his career. And then we just let him walk. I, it doesn't make much sense. It's kind of frustrating considering the fact that I just think he's an overall better player than Tyron Matthew, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just looks like he's out the door. Like, there's no chance of us bringing him back, and and he's gonna make some money on the open market. Yeah, I mean, he's. I I can foresee that he has at least three solid years left. It wouldn't surprise me if one of those three years that he, um, that he puts a Pro Bowl, finally gets a Pro Bowl season put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just going to be with another team. And, I mean, it may be – we don't know the story behind it. We don't know the negotiating behind it. It may be that they've identified and said, hey, you've got three four good years left. We're going to offer you a four-year contract. And he thinks that he has more. We don't know. We really don't know. They may be offering him safety money and he wants cornerback money. 
Again, we don't know. But it is it is a shame because, I, I mean, I, I'd like to have him back, especially because, you know, I just commented and said that the football player, people know more about us than football, and they do. But one of those head-scratching moves is it took so long to move Kareem to safety, and when he does, it did, he, he looked amazing. And now we're just going to let him walk when we figure out something that we all knew long ago. Could you imagine if we played him at safety the past two years? Oh, fuck. I, I want to go bang my head against the wall for a minute. Yeah, no, it's it's insane. Um, it really doesn't make much sense from a football standpoint, but it is what it is. Let's get to Tyron Matthew. Uh, you turn on NFL Network, you turn on SportsCenter, you go online, your top 10 free agent targets or pro- whatever it would be, top 10 free agents, Tyron Matthew is on every single list. He's being talked about on Good Morning Football. He's being talked about on all the podcasts. Uh, Tyron Matthew is a hot commodity right now. Um, do you expect there to be a bidding war on Tyron Matthew, or do you think that he just outright signs with us? I have no idea at this point anymore. I don't know what the perceived value of Tyron was. He had an up-and-down season with us. There was times where he looked... Like okay. he was the guy that really put the glue together back for our, for our defense, and then there was times where you were scratching your head. It's like, is this is not the honey badger of old? Um, he's not quite as quick. That he's got burnt pretty badly a couple of times, um, and but there was also a couple of times where it's not sure if he got burnt or if he just didn't know what his zone was as well, so maybe he will improve another year here. I've always thought the best thing for him would be going to Tampa Bay where they're going to overpay for him. And my concern with him is not necessarily us bringing him back, but it's that same thing that I was talking about with Clowney, possibility of overplaying him. Um, Where I said that it is impossible with Clowney because where Clowney is in his career, with Tyron Matthew... I would say that it is possible to overplay him, overpay him because there are players out there that are better than him. Right. Whereas we let we can't overpay Clowney because you can't find somebody better than him to replace him on the free agency. You have to luck into drafting somebody better. Matthew, it's not the same problem. No. And and to be honest with you, this safety this safety market I mean, there's a ton of good free agent safeties. I mean Earl Thomas, uh, Landon Collins, Tyron Matthew, Kareem Jackson, Adrian Amos, Glover Quinn, Eric Weddle was released today. Um, what's the guy from um, the Rams, LaMarcus Joyner? Um, there's safeties everywhere. Uh, it, Chad Forbes, your buddy, uh, tweeted out that he's hearing that um, – the Texans are interested in Adrian Amos. Any thoughts on that? I Adrian Amos wasn't good until this year. And that's one of those things that did a light bulb click or was having one of the best coverage safeties since Earl Thomas when he first came into the league. Um, Eddie with Eddie Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, with Eddie Jackson make Amos that much better. And if you put somebody else next to him, 
they can't kind of make up for his deficiencies in range, uh, will he be that same sort of player? I do like Eric Weddle. Um, he's one of those guys when he was a free agency a couple of years back, I really wish we'd gone after him. And then, I mean, it seems like you, right now is the time, not a good time to be a safety in the NFL because there's so many good safeties out there, and there's a lot of good safeties in this draft. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Eric Weddle would be interesting except for the fact that he's 34 would be my only concern. Uh, I know we talked about hanging it up last year, uh, so I don't know if you want a guy like that. Um, I like Adrian Amos. I think he's actually pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you on the sentiment of um, playing next to Eddie Jackson. Uh, there were times his three years prior where he, he definitely w- had, had some flash and, and made some plays. Um, I think he'd be an interesting fit. I think if you had him and Justin Reed, I think that you'd be okay. Uh, I asked my buddy Devin last week, so we, I, I don't know if you know, but I had uh, my buddy Devin on the podcast to do it with me last week, and I asked him what he thought of the chances that we actually don't sign Tyron or Kareem and roll with Andre Hall Justin Reed, and then draft another safety in, like, the third or fifth? There's there's always the possibility of that. Um, Andre Hall actually showed a lot last yep. year when he got to play. Yep. Um, and I he's mean, under contract for another yeah. three years. And Eric Reed's solid. And coming into the season, we would have guessed before Andre Hall got sick that and at one point – we kind of thought that it was going to be Andre Hall and Tyron Matthews as the starters, and then Kareem Jackson and Andre Hall, and then Reed just turned out to be as good as – way better than anybody could ever expect. Well, Justin – or Jordan Reed, our long-lost uh, interview, said that he was – he had him ranked as his 24th best player in the draft last year. Yeah, uh, Reed – there was a lot, of, a lot of draft gurus that really liked Reed. Heck – if you remember my pre-draft podcast, I said I would love Reed, but there's no way he's going to drop to us. So that was one of those that, hey, he dropped to us. Again, not a good time to be a safety in the NFL. There's a lot of quality players out there. We're just now's the time if you need a safety to get one. So I'm honestly not too worried with how it's going to work out because I don't think we can mess it up if we end up drafting some of these guys in the, or drafting another young developmental player. Hey, that's probably not the worst thing in the world right now. I would hope that we do sign an additional veteran. Like my ideal plan would be to sign somebody like Weddle or something or even Kareem ja- it would have been Kareem Jackson for 3 years and draft another safety because this year's draft class is so deep with safeties and then have them develop because we I don't want to use our, one of our first or second round picks on one, but if we could use a fifth or a sixth because there is so much depth, there's a good chance we could get a quality player. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think that there's a good chance that Andre Hall and Justin Reed are our safeties next year, and we roll with – because don't we have uh, – what's his name that we uh, drafted, not last year, but the year before that, that was a safety converted to – we converted him to corner – or corner converted to safety, long hair – we cut him. Did we cut him last year, or do we put him on the practice squad? Decoud. Like, yeah, Tristan Decoud. Yeah, he's uh he's on the Cowboys now. Oh, is he? All right. 
uh, is dead to you. That's why you forgot about him. Yeah, that makes much. That makes a ton of sense, actually. An absolute ton of sense. Um, I don't know. I just think that it would make most sense if you can't sign Kareem to just stick with those two, um, and see what happens, or sign a Adrian Amos or a. I mean, I like Landon Collins, but I don't. I like Landon Collins a lot, but I don't see us going after. I mean, he's going to be the highest paid safety. So there's, I just don't see us spending $10 million on a safety each year. No, you're right. And he doesn't um, fit He doesn't fit the way that we use our safeties. I mean, he's a pure box safety. Yeah. I, it does sound like we're – it sounds like the Honey Badgers are not going to be back. I mean, you just from what we're kind of reading, I mean, it's the same sort of thing where I think the Texans are like, yeah, see what your market is. But I think he's going to be back. Okay. All right. Um, Andre Johnson is back. Did you miss yeah. that too? Or? No, I didn't. I. This goes back to my new theory on this is the reason we keep bringing all these uh, former NFL players, former Texan players, is Bill O'Brien and, and Gain are not going to go after as many mid-level players as I hope they would. I think this is just them kind of accepting that they're going to have to deal with younger players. This is just going to be the nature of, of how the NFL is going to work. And they want to get these guys that played recently to kind of hopefully help bring some of these rookies up to speed a little bit quicker. And I think it's great that they're bringing John, Andre Johnson back. As he's, he's a pillar of the franchise. The dot of honor is him. Like, yeah, I think it's great. Keep him, keep him here. Keep him loyal. Apparently, uh, he really – all those rumors about Bill O'Brien telling him <laughs> that he was washed up must not have been as harsh as we originally heard them to be. Yeah, no, I would agree. I mean, it looks like those uh, those heated conversations didn't seem to be uh, as heated as the local media wanted to uh, say they were. I mean, he wouldn't have came back if he didn't like Bill O'Brien, so – and and also, I think the best part about this is that they're creating a coaching position specifically for him. So now it's just another set of eyes. So in one off season, we have gone from being one of the least amount of coaches on the coaching staff to right on the top of most coaches on a coaching staff. Uh, we're not at the top, but we're we're getting there. Near, I mean, we're, we're at, near, we're, near, we're, near the top. Yeah, we're at a net positive now of four additional coaches compared to last year. Isn't it five now with Andre? That's in, well, prior to Andre it was three. Hmm. Now it's five. So, or I'm sorry, now it's four. So that's all. It it's awesome. I think. I mean, heck, I spent how many podcasts last year bitching that we needed additional coaching, that we needed to break away from the Belichick model where there was less coaches, and try and embrace some of the both the Rams and what the Eagles do, and they all are on, on the scale of having more coaches because there is no salary cap on coaches. There's really no restrictions on coaches. There's re- the restrictions on our, how many can be up in up in the booth and how many can be on the field. But that doesn't mean they can't still be there. Huh. Well, I, I just think that having a Hall of Fame player, in my opinion, uh, on the coaching staff, given his relationship with some of the players, given his relationship with DeAndre. Um, I think he'll help Deshaun. 
I think I think his impact will be felt in a lot of different places, and uh, I think it's a very good pickup that over time we'll see where it goes. I don't know. I didn't see Andre becoming a coach because of how quiet he is uh, and his demeanor, but, I mean, I don't know how you argue against it. I just think it's funny that DeAndre Hopkins credits Andre Johnson on his development. Uh, Deshaun Watson con- uh, compliments uh, TJ Yates on his development, and next thing you know, they have jobs. <laughs> can, can, I mean, it's, it's smart, right? <laughs> Hey, I didn't. I didn't think. I don't think it's a no. bad idea at all. No, I know. I'm, I'm, just, I'm saying, just saying. Hey, your players look. come out and say these two guys. I mean, sign them up. Like it's like two of our better players say this. It's like okay, go get them. <laughs> I, I think it's totally fair. Totally fair. All right, so let's try to rehash some of the things that we discussed with Jordan Reed um, when we talked about the draft. Um, and you're going to need to help me with this because now that we don't have the audio for it for some freaking reason, um, it's going to be kind of hard to do. So I started off the interview with talking about our biggest needs for the Texans, which was I ranked them as offensive tackle, cornerback, defensive line, center, and running back. He agreed with offensive tackle, cornerback, uh, and also agreed that Nick Martin has not played up to par, um, and if they could address the center position in the second round, it would it could potentially be a good idea. Um, he talked about Andre Dillard as a great tackle. He did say that the top three tackles and possibly four tackles will likely be gone by 23. He said he could see DeAndre Baker being there at 23. Um, when it came to running backs, he loved... Josh Jacobs is number one. Daryl Henderson is number two. Devin Singletary is number three. Uh, David Montgomery is four. And then who was his sleeper? I don't remember. To tell you the truth, I didn't actually remember that. Ah, damn it. Anyways, there was a sleeper running back out of some small school. Appalachian State, I believe. Um, said he is the sleeper running back of Jalen Moore. No. It wasn't Jalen was, Moore? No, some weird, long, weird last name. Um, I don't know. Anyways, he said that there's a sleeper in the uh, draft that he feels would be a three down back that is going to blow everybody away and now we can't find it so it kind of sucks anyways whatever um and then he uh he started we talked a little bit about uh south carolina alum just so that way you could get your 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 panties wet uh and he talked about debo samuel um what are your thoughts on debo samuel oh man Oh, here he comes. Devo would absolutely be my guilty pleasure. Um, Embarrassment of riches, we don't really need to draft him. Essentially think he's DeAndre DeAndre Baker on steroids. Like he's a, a, a 
much, 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 much better, better version. He's a swing receiver. He can play both inside and outside. Um, he's very, very shifty, but he's not quite strong enough to break press coverage. But that's if the cornerback can even get their hands on him. Um, he's style of play is he's almost like a he plays receiver like a running back. If you watch, if you watch him, he's phenomenal at catching the ball in front of him. Phenomenal in space. He is he is actually very strong at the point of catch. Um, he's just inconsistent with it. Like there's uh, some game tape against NC State where he made these one-handed, over-the-shoulder catches that are some of the best you'll ever see from a shorter receiver. And then you'll see passes just hit him on the hands, and, and he'll drop them. And you're like, what on earth just happened there? So, yeah, he's a guy. He, Devo Samuel is going to be an absolute player. He's going to be really good for somebody. I would love for the Texans to take him. Probably not going to happen. Uh, again, He's going to last to the second round. He may be there for one of our picks in the second round. But because we are actually pretty good at receiver, um, it would be nice for us to sign a veteran receiver to bring in with our group. Um, but I just can't see us spending an early draft pick on another receiver as much as I may personally want to. I just I can't see it. Yeah, no. I mean, he he, he was crushing pretty hard on Debo Samuel. Um but, like you said, he, given... Debo Samuel was consensus the best player at the Senior Bowl. Uh, every single corner that you've talked about, at, or that's been talked about at the Senior Bowl, and every single corner that he talked about at the Senior Bowl, uh, Debo Samuel made him look absolutely stupid. If you haven't seen the highlights from him, it, they're out there. Uh, he, was, he was talking up uh, Mark Fields as probably being the, uh, the cornerback out of Clemson. Yep, saying um, him he, over Trayvon Mullen. Yeah, it's saying that he was one of the more impressive ones out there. And there are some absolute just awesome videos of Devo making fields look like he belongs on a peewee field. Like, Devo is legitimate. Like, he's one of the best players to come out of South Carolina in a while. And this is including um, the past couple – definitely over the past couple years. Um, The – the joke on him was, hey, every South Carolina receiver we get excited about since since, since Alshon Jeffrey has kind of been a disappointment, like think Farrell Cooper, Bruce Ellington. Um, but no, Debo's, Debo's better than both of them. Um, he's a better version of DeAndre Baker. I don't know if he's going to be – DeAndre Baker, the corner? Or, sorry, not DeAndre Baker. DeAndre um, – R. D. Uh, DeAndre Our, Hopkins? No, not DeAndre. DeAndre. DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter. What? Okay. I am still. I am still. You're still sorry. on vacation. Still on vacation mode. DeAndre. Car- One. You know the other Carter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DeAndre, DeAndre Carter. Just, DeAndre Carter. Debo Samuel is no joke. Just a an improved version of him. Hmm. So he would be very useful on this offense, but it. When you talk about a luxury pick, that's what he would be. Okay. And then um, he talked about how he could see the Texans targeting cornerback Julian Love out of Notre Dame in the second round and that we could get Bradbury, um, the center out of North Carolina State, I believe, um, 
in the second round to upgrade Nick Martin. Um, I'm trying to think of who else he talked about. He talked about our draft class and how Justin Reed was his 24th player on his board last year. Uh, he doesn't expect too much out of the Aikens, Thomas, Twins. Um, he said Kevin Johnson was one of his favorites coming out of college, uh, but was worried about his frame. We all saw the same exact concerns. Um, and that's pretty much about it, huh? Yeah, it's kind of hard to just really get yeah. back into what he said. Hope maybe, maybe, just maybe, somehow, I yeah, yeah it's gone. Yeah, no, it's gone. I can't it find sucks. it at all. It's it's just completely disappeared. All right, let's switch gears. So free agency starts next Tuesday. We'll be recording the day that basically it all happens. It all happens. It all happens within minutes. It seems like. Um, Let's get into some of these free agent players that you would like to see them target. Um, do you see us – like, where do you see us going in free agency? Do you see us being aggressive or do you see us being somewhat conservative? I have no idea. Uh, last year we were actually fairly aggressive. Um, we did go out and we tried – I mean, remember we tried to go get Soldier. We tried to get um, – um, ended up on the Titans, Super Bowl, um, Malcolm, Butler. Malcolm Butler. Like, we tried to go after these guys. So I'm hoping that it'll be a similar sort of thing. I like the idea of going after Jason Verrett. I like the idea of going after a couple um, – I like – in a perfect world, I'd say would go after Verrett, Roby, and then draft another corner. Verrett, so, Roby, and then draft a corner would be a complete overhaul of the cornerback. And, I mean, that's what we're – it looks like that's what we're doing. I mean, it looks like Jonathan Joseph will be back, Colvin will be back, Benamosi will be back, and that's it. I, I would if if it was Verrett, so we need three. If, if it was Verrett and Roby, and then a guy in the second or first, I'd be ecstatic. Yeah, that that would be my my game plan, and then I would probably go after. I mean, I hate going after Patriots guys. I wouldn't go after walk, Trent Brown, but I would offer him something. I would try and get somebody. Like that, I'd, I'd rather go off after Juwan James. I don't think Miami's going to let Juwan James go. Well, he's already gone. They didn't franchise him, so. Yeah, but it, I I don't see him. But I I like Brown better than I like James. Okay. To tell you the truth. Okay. Um, Brown doesn't have as much of a track record, but I think you can get him a little bit cheaper. And he has played both right and left side. And I think that'll be important. And then draft a tackle. I mean, I think, I think our first pick will most likely be a corner. And then we draft a probably draft a tackle in the second round. And then that second second round pick will be the wild card. Um, my preference would, at this point, be like a running back. But we really won't know until what we see happen during uh, free agency. Okay, so here's my dream scenario for free agency for the Houston Texans. I would like for us to sign Jason Brett, Bradley, Bradley Roby, and then I would also like us to sign Muhammad Wilkerson to like a two-year deal, give us some depth on the defensive line. He'd be an interior pass rusher, which is something we need. I would re-sign Christian Covington. I would then go and sign 
fine, either Trent Brown or Jawan James, if possible. But if if they're asking seventeen million a year, like Soldier, I wouldn't even entertain that, and I would actually go straight to Matt Paradise. Yeah, no, 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 no. They're asking for that much. Goodbye. And I actually I like the idea of going after Matt Paradise and then having um, Martin compete at a guard position. Correct. Uh, when y'all y'all did go on a nice rant about Nick Martin um, underperforming, but one of the things that you missed is he's actually kind of like a prime example I kind of I used in defending, not necessarily defending Bill O'Brien, but kind of talking about that where they talk about alignment. So Nick Martin cannot zone block. He was the worst rated center at zone blocking in the entire league. Lamar Miller only had success when we ran zone scheme. So we have this disconnect where we can't block for zone running, but our running back can only run behind a zone scheme. So whomever decided to put that together is who actually needs a little bit more blame. And if that was Rick Smith and the scouting department, or if that's Bill O'Brien and the coaches, regardless, that's where the disconnect is because they're either telling them the type of players they want and they're not matching, or they're not matching skill sets and they're just trying to get good athletes. Does that make sense? No, it makes total sense. I mean, I, I get it. I mean, yeah, that essentially centered around Nick Martin is why my kind of argument, not necessarily defending Bill O'Brien, but talking about the where we all made fun of the alignment, but that's where it comes from. Like, that's the easiest place to see it is, is the offensive line because you had Nick Martin who can't, can't zone block, and then the, ta- or the uh, guards that we had, uh, Xavier Sofello and Jeff Allen, were both supposed to be – Man blockers, and then the other free agency free agent that we brought in at the same time was Lamar Miller, who can't run man. Now, obviously, Bill O'Brien would rather run a man blocking scheme or an angle blocking scheme. It's easier usually to pass out of those schemes. But when we signed Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson is going to create his own pocket. So you want more athletic offensive linemen. Um, so the guards that we brought in were closer to zone-type blocking guards. All of a sudden, Miller runs a little bit better behind them. Pass protection is just non-existent, but, you know, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> but that's just kind of like that disconnect. It's like, who's who's feeding that information? How are we coming to this? Are we coming to this accidentally? Is this on the offensive line coach? Where is this breakdown in the alignment? Yeah. Uh, I agree 100%. I think I don't know. I just I'd rather just bring in somebody else at this point, but whatever. Um, all right, and then to finish my free agent plan, I would actually go for the Y tight end Nick Doyle, um, so we can have a blocking tight end, and then I would sign whoever the top fullback free agent is and keep him on the team. Because last year, this team could have benefited from a fullback, and it was a mistake cutting Jay Prosh. Well, no, actually, cutting Nick Prosh was the right thing to do. Jay Prosh. Or Jay Prosh, sorry. Cutting Jay Prosh was absolutely the right thing to do. 
what is with me in names tonight? I am I really have no bad. idea. <laughs> it was the right thing to do. Jay Prosh is an old style tight or an old style fullback. Um, the type of fullback that you need to target is look at the guy that's on the Chiefs and look at the guy um, on the Patriots. No, oh, on the Patriots. Devlin. And then um, the guy on the 49ers, uh, J U whatever. Yep. The they're kind of more. They're both. They're catch. They catch. They block. They do it all. Well, it's they don't even bother learning how to run. They have to be able to catch, and they have to be able to block. And that's kind of the new style fullback that it, that you have success with. And Prosh was not that. Prosh was just an offensive lineman. So, which we could have a, used last year. Yeah. Well. Um, but the idea of putting using Aikens or Thomas as an H-back, it, to me, made more sense. But let's go out there and draft a proper fullback in that style that that's closer to a blocker than an H-back, but can still run H-back type routes. Okay, I'm fine with that too. As long as you have somebody back there that can block and give some lanes to Lamar Miller or Deontay Foreman or David Montgomery, hopefully. Um, and then I would sign John Brown to like a three-year deal. Yeah, I really like the idea of going after John Brown. I, I, th- uh, he's, I don't think he'd be expensive, and I think uh, I, I think you can get him for like six to seven million a year. Well, Deshaun Watson was the number one rated passer on go routes, so part of the advantage of having that was is Fuller is one of the best receivers at running go routes. You get somebody like John Brown, who's very good at running go routes. And, yes, they're both injury-prone, but if they're both injury-prone, maybe they can be injured at different times. Exactly. That's kind of my thought. I mean, if if one goes down, there's another one there. Um, With John Brown and Will Fuller and Kiki QT and DeAndre Hopkins, the, the chances of both Fuller and Brown seeing the field at the same time are pretty slim. So he should be good to go if Fuller was to get hurt and vice versa. So... I think it would be good to offset and have somewhat of an insurance policy. Excuse me, policy on uh, Will Fuller, as we saw what the passing game looked like once Will Fuller went down. All right, what else you got? You got anything else on free agency, John? No, that's about it. I'm excited for it. Um, this is the year where we really figure out what our philosophy is going to be, and then, I mean, we've got money to, and there's money to spend. Like there's. We can be – if we're going to be aggressive, this is the year we're going to be aggressive. Like, there's not a lot that they can do to really hurt us even in the future on the cap. Um, they would have to do something monumentally stupid to put us in cap hell with the amount of room we have right now on our cap. So, yeah, this is the year that if they're going to do it, they should. They should. So it should be exciting, which gives me this feeling that next week or we're just going to be infinitely disappointed. But we'll see. Texans fans. That's just the way it is. All right. We got questions from the Discord and Twitter, so I will ask them. I actually will answer the first one. So Phoenix asks, what are we going to do if we don't pick up an offensive tackle until round three? In this scenario, we don't add any big free agent offensive tackles either. Phoenix, this is my biggest fear. And it's actually something I think that we could potentially be doing. 
I think that they are going to roll with Davenport at left tackle and Henderson at right and keep Lamb. And Martinez Franken's Nick Martin and Zach Fulton will be your starting offensive line for the week one, 2019. That is... That's what I expect. That's also what Pat Stat um, fully expects as well. Definitely within the realm of possibility. Um, it's Offensive linemen are should almost never be considered a bust until after their third year. Davenport has flashed. Yep. Um, I've said it many times last year. There's times where he looked awful. There was times where you could see that at worst that he would be a swing tackle in the league. I would say, though, the times that he looked awful were... The only time I could say Julian Davenport looked awful was when they put him at right tackle. Yeah, and that's what... I think that that experiment was so bad with him on the right that it kind of colored everybody's perception for the rest of the year. I agree. And, again, he never really got above average, but he did get to average. And people were acting like he was the worst tackle in the league, and he, he was average. Now, as a group, they all played bad, and Kendall Lamb... I mean, he got he actually looked like an NFL player, which I credit the offensive line Devlin for doing because he looked so incredibly overpowered last year. However, I I I think Lamb's gone. They're gonna they're gonna get somebody else. They're gonna get somebody with more of an upside. Okay. But I it would not surprise me if Davenport's still there. But I think the way that they're gonna look at it is they're gonna go out and try and get talent. And if they can improve over him, they will. If they can't, they can't. And they're not going to try. I don't see us trading up for anybody. I don't see us doing anything kind of crazy. If it happens, it happens. If not, I I hate to say it, but I could see them being comfortable with that, especially since Ron Gain already said we signed Central Henderson to be our starting right tackle. So you know that's there. And Rankin actually looks pretty good as a guard. So that's there. Fulton looked really good as a guard. So that's there. So our weaknesses are center and left tackle. And depending on how you look at it, depending on the type of blocking they were doing, there was times where Nick Martin was our best offensive lineman. And then there was also times where he was our worst. And he's not getting nearly the hate that Davenport is. So, Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if in this scenario we sign a center or draft a center. Yeah, I honestly... I don't think any of our players are so good that they are beyond being replaced. But at the same time, when you kind of think about it and you look at the situation, there's none that are so bad that they're definitely the ones that will be replaced. I mean, honestly, it's completely you, we could completely scrap our entire offensive line uh, between free agency and the draft and bring in a new line that, in my opinion, would be more talented. That doesn't necessarily mean they would play any better together. And, again, the people that actually have their lives invested in this and their whole livelihood, not just their emotions invested in it, they seem pretty happy to go with these guys. So, I mean, what can we do? All right, Nacho Debro, how do you guys feel about Dillard and Ford? So he's talking about Andre Dillard and Cody Ford. Um, the tackles. Uh, John, I'll let you take this one. I mean, I like them both, but I don't... Both of them are going to be gone by the 23rd pick. 
I don't like either one enough to trade up and go get them. Um, but then again, I haven't really – I'm going to sit – just due to the amount of time that I have this year, I'm not going to really do a, a lot of deep diving until after we've signed some free agents because I think after we've signed some free agents, we'll have a, kind of a better look at what we want. And at the same time, uh, just kind of forewarning on prospects, so I'm still trying to figure out what the Texans are actually going to do and when they identify as best player available. Under Rick Smith, they legitimately looked for toolsy guys that were the best athletes. I think that I think that with Bill O'Brien and Ron Gain and this new alignment, they're going to look for guys that do something exceptionally well. Not necessarily be as toolsy, not necessarily be the best athletes, but they'll have something about them that is really, really good. Um, that is just, that's a wild guess. That's based on last year's draft and nothing else. And last year's draft was a little bit weird because we didn't have a first round pick. So I'm excited this year just to figure out what our draft philosophy is going to be, if we're going to have one. Um, and that way we can kind of start predicting a little bit better in the future. Cause I mean, this year is just, this year is going to be wild. Okay. Um, this one, Renee Coral. I saw we have a connection to Adrian Amos. I don't know much about him and how he would fit with us. What kind of contract do you expect for him? And how realistic is it that we get him? I think we kind of address Adrian Amos. I think he would actually fit pretty well. I think he's a, uh, a faster version of Tyron Matthew, but a better tackler. Um, I think you're probably looking at anywhere from 8 to $10 million per year probably for him because of how young he is. Um, but that's kind of my thoughts on Adrian Amos. So, uh, buff rules. So with the rumor of the Texans targeting Amos and free agency, should Houston make a strong push to trade whoever or whatever to draft Greedy Williams? John, do you want to trade up to take the number one cornerback in the draft? I like Greedy. Like, I, I do, but he's another guy that I think he weighs 175 pounds. Yeah. Didn't we just learn – our lesson with drafting undersized corners. Yep. Um, granted, the best comment I, I saw was, well, he went to LSU, so, you know, it doesn't matter that he's undersized. He'll still be tough, but I don't know. It's probably true. Like, I, I, I do really like Greedy. Don't get me wrong. If, if he somehow ends up on the Texans, I will be ecstatic. But, I again, <sighs> I, hate, I hate the 23rd pick. Uh, we went through this two years ago. There's um. By the time you get down to your, after the top ten prospects, there's so many holes in all these guys' games, and at that point, you're starting to look for, for guys to do really something well for your team, and if the capital it takes to move up and go get some of these guys that like a greedy Williams, you got to kind of start debating is it act absolutely worth it and I don't know if he's that much better than the rest of the, of, of the cornerback class but I mean I do like him but I also like um, the safety or the cornerback uh, out of Georgia quite a bit um, DeAndre I'm Baker biased. yeah DeAndre Baker the one that I kept trying to call DeAndre Carter earlier um, <laughs> but 
I mean, I like them both better than the uh, the Clemson guys that Jordan Reed was really high on. Um, however, we'll see. I mean, it, this is the time of year to get really excited about the players, and I think I'll have better answers next week, even though we really won't talk about draft players, because I actually get to sit down and look at the combine numbers, which I haven't had a chance to do because, you know, my dumbass scheduled a, a cruise during the combine. But, hey. All right. Uh, real quick. Just so everybody kind of knows, I have the 23rd overall draft picks from 2013 and below at at pick 23. Sharif Floyd, Riley Reef, Danny Watkins, Brian Bulaga, Michael Orr, Rashard Mendenhall, Dwayne Bowe, Davin Joseph, Fabian Washington, Marcus Tubbs, Willis McGahee, Napoleon Harris, and Duke McAllister, or Deuce McAllister. Out of those 23, Sharif Floyd is still in the league. Riley Reef is a starting tackle. Danny Watkins is out of the league. Brian Bulaga is still a starting tackle. We all know about Michael Orr. Rashar Mendenhall had a pretty decent career. Dwayne Bowe, I guess some would say bust. Um, and then when it comes to 2014, the 23rd pick was D. Ford. Pretty good pick. Uh, 2015, it was Shane Ray. I would say that most Broncos fans would likely say that was a bust. 23 again for 2017, Minnesota, Laquan Treadwell. I would say that most Viking fans would say that is a bust. And... For 2017, Evan Ingram, 23. I wouldn't say he's a bust. I think he's a pretty talented tight end. So there's some players to be able to get at the 23rd. It's not as easy as picking in the top 10, but um, definitely players available. So, all right, Buff Rules also has another question. Out of these quarterbacks who are making headlines for the wrong reason, which quarterback do you think have the best chance of being a starting quarterback in 2019? Blake Bortles, Ryan Tannehill, or Josh Rosen? And then the follow-up question. Will Ryan Hill, Tannehill's smoking hot wife leave Tannehill if he's a backup going forward? It's a very tough question, that last part. John, out of Blake Bortles, Ryan Tannehill, or Josh Rosen, who do you see being a starting quarterback next season? It's going to be Josh Rosen. It's just a question of with whom. Uh, the Cardinals were horrible. I mean... If you want to just feel better about our offensive line, go watch the Cardinals' offensive line. And that I'm, I'm dead serious. I don't. I know that they somehow magically were ranked a little bit ahead of us for the season um, by some ranking sets, but there was others that had them way below us. And if you really want to feel better about ours, just go watch theirs. Like no joke. Uh, Rosen. I don't think that he's going to be like. I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but he's going to be a solid quarterback. He just needs some talent and around him. And there was not a lot last year on the Cardinals. Their offense was just in complete disarray. Um, he had a new offensive coordinator halfway through the season. Um, yeah, they were just – they were a hot mess. So it's easily going to be Rosen. And then for Tannehill's hot wife leaving him, yeah, that's not happening. Y'all, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, they've, I mean, they've been together Bortles, since A&M. Bortles' extremely hot wife, or ex-wife, or ex-fiance. Bortles, the 
one from Central Florida that he was with, she she was something else, and she left him. So, I mean, there you go. I've never seen her before. Now I'm now I'm interested. Oh, the little blonde. Okay. All right, I see what you're talking about. All right. Um, I actually think – I want to chime in a little bit here. Um, I actually think if you're drafting for the future or if you're taking a quarterback for the future, I would take Josh Rosen. I think he has dealt with adversity his entire career, and I think he's always kind of overcome it. Um, and I think this is just another chapter in his book. Um, if he goes to the right situation, I think he could be solid. My, my biggest fear is that the Jaguars actually – don't take a quarterback in the first round and actually trade a third-round pick for Josh Rosen. I don't think I'd like that uh, because then you'd have three out of the four teams with potentially having franchise quarterbacks moving forward. But I'll say this. I think that Ryan Tannehill has the best chance at being a starting quarterback in 2019. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to the Redskins or... No, I I think the Redskins is like the perfect place for him. And... I think he, I, I like Ryan Tannehill. I don't think he's a stud. I don't think he's the best uh, quarterback in any way, but I do think that Miami is just awful as an organization, and I think if he went to the right team, he could be a decent to above-average Alex Smith-type quarterback. I like that, that Alex Smith is like the bar now. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I, I would hate to be known as the bar for like an average person. That's got to be disappointing. Anyways, uh, so I'd pick Ryan Tannehill. All right, Lenny J, what are the real needs of the team to get us over the hump? Is it corner and tackle? John? Yes. (laughs) We all know it. It's corner and tackle. Um, I mean, if you want to hear my world-famous rant, I think that the reason Rick Smith isn't our GM anymore is because he – completely fucked up uh, Dwayne Brown and I can't say his name and I, I can't Boye I just if we had Brown and Boye I'm just going to sit here in silence for a minute because we all know my feelings on this those are the two biggest weaknesses on the team right now when you have a good corner and you have a good tackle you don't let them go we did we're still filling it it's what's keeping us from even getting to the hump at this point. Um, so we those have to be addressed. Um, I, I The rumors about us uh, redoing our incomplete cornerback room obviously look, obviously look like they're pretty true. Kevin Johnson's been cut. Cream's gone. So we're, we have three currently on the roster. We're going to bring in some fresh blood with that. Hopefully that works out. Um, and then the tackle situation – I either we have to develop one or we have to find one. It's, we've got to do something for for Hop, and we need one more player on the offense. Just we need one more player on the offense that can be consistently reliable, um, and that could be somebody just developing into something. That could be just Fuller staying healthy, with Kiki staying healthy. Um, I think that like a third down running back. I really like um, the idea of going after a, a really good third down back somewhere, either bringing in somebody like, I don't know, Tevin Coleman or um, – shoot, I'm blanking on the name right now. 
But bringing in somebody along those lines, third down, that could be that additional pass option or just speed option out of the backfield would do wonders for Deshaun. Okay. All right, and then he has some comments, uh, Lenny J. What about using our first couple picks focusing on corner slash safety and a tackle? Running back wouldn't be a bad choice as well. Miller's run is over as it never has really been a good one. A couple U, uh, UDFAs would be nice in this position. Corners are a necessity of the league, and it wouldn't hurt to grab a couple for long-term development. A backup quarterback would be a good idea. Any thoughts on that as well? Backup quarterback. Um, I mean, I would like to see a different backup quarterback. I'd like to see like a – honestly, if Blake Bortles got cut and nobody wanted to sign him, I would take Blake Bortles as a backup. I think he actually would fit re- rather well in this offense. I don't think he's a great thrower, but I think he's an athlete, and I think I think he would I, – I, I think in a, in a, in a spot, I think he could get us a couple, a couple wins. Um, I know it's like blasphemy, but I think Blake Bortles would be a good backup to Deshaun Watson. I hope not. <laughs> I, I think he'd be. That. I think he'd be a great backup to to Jordan Thomas. I think he'd be a fantastic tight end. <laughs> if, we wanted to, if we wanted to change our offense and go wishbone for for a little while, you know what? Get Bortles and Tebow and just go wishbone. I mean, shit. I I don't want it, anything to do with Bortles throwing the football anywhere near a franchise that I like. Now, if he goes and if he's the backup for Tennessee, that'd make me happy because you know Mariota's going to get hurt. He's the backup for the Colts, and we can somehow, you know, steal Andrew Luck's car. So he has to play for the Colts. That would make me happy too, but I don't want him on my team. I would rather – I'd love to face him. I'd prefer to face him as much as possible. Well, the chances of us facing him are going to be very slim. Um, All right. I want to run one more hypothetical before we get out of here. So the Jags are going to sign Nick Foles, it seems. seems like that's the, those are all the reports right now. That's where he's going. Um, he'll likely garner a pretty big contract. They haven't made a lot of moves to free up the cap space. Do you see a situation where A.J. Bouye gets cut? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, he had an off year because he had a toe injury. And he just never could get right. Um, I mean, it's possible. If he gets yeah. cut, yeah, I'd love for us to go after him. Do you I don't think, know. Do you think we the would? Jaguars have always had some they, sort they have of, like a magic check. I, you know, I mean, it's just when you think they're in cap trouble, they somehow figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. So until it actually happens, I'm not going to go too far down that hypothetical. But, yeah, if, if Boye got cut, yes, yes, go after him because – you go after Boyer instead of Red or Roby and just get one of those two, then draft another cornerback. Either way, we need to bring in two veteran corners. We have to. I can't see any – I really cannot see any way around it. We're bringing in two veterans. Can you see a way around it? No. So if Boyer was cut, he would instantly be near the top of my list. He already knows the system. He's already proven that when we needed him to play man, he could play man. And you saw the difference of having him. I mean, honestly, Boye is not a top 20 corner in the league, but he is a very, very, very good corner. And he has flashed at times and shown that he can play as one of the most dominant corners in the league. However, he's not consistently at that level, but he has shown the ability to flash at that level. 
And the reason he's not at that level is because he just never got interceptions. So, yes, go after him if we can. Okay, fantastic. It's a great cherry on top. Way to end the podcast. John, what else you got? Anything else before I get us out of here? No, I'm good. All right. All right, guys, that is Texans Unfiltered this week. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod. You can follow us on Texans Unfiltered, or I mean on Patreon, www.patreon.com, backslash Texans Unfiltered, or backslash HoustonFBPod. You can join our Discord. It is on our website, which happens to be www.texansunfiltered.com. Feel free to reach out to us on Instagram, Twitter, Discord, Patreon, however you would like to do it. You can find us on all podcast platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, you name it, we're there. Um, You can find us wherever you want to find us, Google Play Store, Amazon Podcasts, all that good stuff. Uh, With that being said, we'll be back next week to discuss potential free agents or the free agents that are signing as we're talking and uh, we will see you guys next week young ari gold signing off for texans unfiltered